Welcome back, humans. Y'all wanna hear me drop the beat? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if any of my listeners have ever seen the SNL skit where Justin Timberlake is playing one of the Bee Gees. He's on a talk show. Him and Jimmy Fallon are playing the Bee Gees. And Justin's version of a BG just sits there and says no. No, I don't. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you drop the beat. Just stop it. Okay. So, with the silliness out of the way, we are going to begin the episode that I have titled Vocation Discernment Diaries. In this episode, I am not going to give you a very in-depth way to discern any kind of vocation in particular. What I am going to do, however, is share with you some things that I have personally learned while discerning my own vocation. And picking up where we left off from the last episode, I talked about experiencing people seeing me going to mass, wearing a nice veil, and sitting very quietly and attentively, and they assumed, oh, she's very devout. Jumping from that, I am going to also share that the same people then were convinced that I belonged in a convent because she looks very devout. She looks like she loves Jesus a whole lot. And if you love Jesus a whole lot and you're a young woman and you're single and all that jazz, then, well, you belong in a convent, right? I'm not saying that that's exactly what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. I can't read anybody's mind. But that's the way it seemed from my perspective, especially after I went through the whole discernment process. It started to seem to me like these people just saw a young woman who was attentive at Mass and assumed that such a person belonged in a convent. However, here I am. God said, no, such a person does not always belong in a convent. So, here's my story. After all of this happened, I was very wary. I was very skeptical, but I thought, well, we'll give it a shot. I'll try it out. I was told no. I was rejected from the only place that I thought possibly I might belong, the only convent that I thought possibly I might belong, and I was told no. I was told, uh, I don't think you belong here. It was pretty earth-shattering for me. I didn't really understand what was happening. I didn't understand why this was happening, and there was, there was a lot of confusion for a great, great many months, almost two years, a lot of confusion after this. And so in those two years, and since those two years, here's what I've learned. Number one, vocations are never born out of hate or hurt. Let me repeat that. Vocations are never born out of hate or hurt. What do I mean by that? What I realized about myself through that process was I hated the world. I hated the way I had been treated by the world. I hated the way I had been treated by certain people. And I hated the fact that 
I felt like I wasn't normal or less than because I didn't want to do the things that the world seemed to be telling me was perfectly normal and that I should be doing. And I hated that. I hated that. And I thought, oh, that's a holy hatred, right? But then I found that that was making me want to hide. It was making me want to just get away from all of that mess. And that was part of what was actually attractive about living in a convent for me. That's not a vocation. Let me repeat that. That is not a vocation. Vocations are not ever, under any circumstances, born out of hate or hurt. Vocations instead are born out of love and healing. A person who is genuinely being called by God to live a religious life in a convent is doing so because they love the people who live in the world. They recognize the sin. They recognize the ugliness. But they love these people so much, they want to devote their lives to God to pray for these people, to pray and sacrifice for these people and to teach them, do whatever they can. I didn't have that. No. I looked like a very devout person. Oh, yes. But I hated the world. I was fed up. I was sick. I was hurt. And I thought living in a convent would be a good way for me to just get away from it and get myself on the right track. That is not a vocation. Okay, that is not a vocation. If you genuinely have any kind of a vocation, it's always born out of love. I shouldn't say if, because we all have a vocation. God is calling us to something. But what I mean by if you have a vocation is, is you can tell what God is calling you to based on love, based on a desire to bring God's good news, God's love and healing to other people. What way is God calling you to do that? That's where a vocation is born. It's not when I look at it and I just, oh, I hate sin so much. I'm so disgusted. That's not a bad thing. You should you should hate sin. You, it should disgust you. But that's not a vocation. That's just the beginnings of repentance, of renewal, of turning away from sin. A vocation is born out of saying, God, I see the sin. I see the dirtiness. I see the nastiness. I see the ugliness. And I want to do something about it. I want to bring your love and your gospel to these people. How do you want me to do that? And for some people, he calls them to live in a convent. He calls them to be consecrated to him in a way that's visible to everyone by wearing a habit, by living in community with other people who have made a similar vow. Some people are called to that. Some people are called to that very visible consecration. But not all of us are. That's the other thing I've learned. Not all of us are. Not all of us are called to that particular kind of consecration. So number one, vocations are never born out of hate and hurt. Vocations are always born out of love and healing. And number two, consecrating your life to God does not always necessarily mean that you live in a convent and you wear a habit and you take vows. Anybody can consecrate their life to God. As we talked about in the last episode, that's devotion. 
When I consecrate my life to God, that means that I give God everything that I am and have. And all Christians are called to that. Anyone who wants to be saved is called to that. This is the subtitle of this book, A Comprehensive Guide for Catholics Seeking Salvation. Anybody who's seeking salvation is called to that kind of consecration, is called to say, I renounce sin. I renounce Satan and all his evil works and all his empty promises. This should sound familiar to you because it's what we say when we renew our baptismal vows. You made a vow to renounce sin and to consecrate yourself to God. All of us baptized Christians are called to that kind of life. You don't have to wear a habit and live in a convent in order to do that. That's another thing that I learned. That's number two. Again, I'll repeat it. Number one, vocations are never born out of hate and hurt. They are always born out of healing and love. And number two, not every consecration is living in a convent and wearing a habit. Not everyone is called to that. We all as Christians are called to consecrate our lives to God, but not all of us are, are called to live in a convent. But it's still just as holy to consecrate your life to God, whether you live in a convent or not. It's still just as good and holy, and it, most importantly, it is still fruitful for the world, for other people, to bring other people to the knowledge of the gospel, to preach the gospel. Just because I don't wear a habit and I don't live in a convent does not mean that I cannot preach the gospel. And furthermore, does not mean that I am not called to preach the gospel. All baptized Christians are called to consecrate their lives to God, and that very consecration is preaching the gospel. You don't have to run a podcast like I'm doing. You don't have to become a priest. You don't have to live in a convent in order to preach the gospel. Those are different ways to preach the gospel, but we all as Christians are called to preach the gospel in some way. In some way. And most of us, it's just simply by the way we live. It's simply by giving forgiveness to someone who has hurt us. It's simply by being different. By saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to do all of these things that the world says are perfectly normal. I'm going to live differently. People will notice that. And you're preaching the gospel by doing that. So those are some very important things that I've learned along this journey. The most important things, I would say. Vocations are never born out of hate and hurt. They are always born out of love and healing. And all Christians are called to consecrate their life to God. And as a subcategory, all of us are called to preach the gospel in some way. Those are the two main things that I have learned that I felt were most important to share with all of my listeners here. If you yourself are wondering, what is my vocation? What is God calling me to? Those are the two main things that you should remember. It's never born out of hate. It's never born out of hurt. It is always born out of a desire to love and bring healing 
And we're all called to consecrate our lives to God. No matter what state you are in, whether you're married, whether you're living in a convent, whether you're currently single, if you are a baptized Christian, you are called to consecrate your life to God and to live differently. And the third one, I will say, is that a vocation discernment should always involve a discovery of self. This is what I have learned. This is what I would share with others as a way to know whether they're genuinely discerning a vocation or not is sort of a a rule of thumb, is that you should be learning about who you are as a person. If you are really diving deep into discerning your vocation, then you should be learning about who you are as a person because, number three, a vocation is based on who you are. It's not just what you can do or the certain gifts that you have. You know, it's, it's not like a career. Discerning a vocation is not like applying for a job. It's not like, okay, what's your, what's your previous experience? Let me look at your resume. What kind of skills do you have? Where did you go to school? No. It's got nothing to do with that, really, when you boil it down. It's got everything to do with who are you as a person? What is in your heart? What are the desires of your heart? Yes, it does involve what are you good at? What are your past experiences? What skills do you have? Those are involved. But when you really boil it down, you look at it as core, your vocation is based on who are you? Who are you? Who is this person that God brought into existence? Who are you? That's the main question that I I think that everybody discerning a vocation should ask themselves and, and ask God. Sit there with God and say, who am I? Who is this person you have created? And what are you calling me to? So again, number one, vocations are never born out of hate and hurt. They are always born out of love and healing. Number two, all baptized Christians are called to consecrate their life to God. And number three, who are you? A vocation discernment should always involve discovering who I am. Who is this person that God created? So the first two, I would say, are most essential, most essential when discerning a vocation. And the third one, I would say, is important. I mean, it's going to look different for each person. That's why I would say it's not, I wouldn't put it in the same category as the first two, saying they're most important, because this third one is just, it's going to look different for each person. You're going to discover different things at different times, and it's not going to look the same to to what somebody else went through. So that's why I would say it's important to think about, but I'm not going to um, I'm not going to say it's it's absolutely essential. I'm just saying that a, a good discernment should involve that kind of thing. Okay, so we're going to close there. And once again, we're still in the Easter season, and I hope that all of you are having a very, very blessed Easter.